Hey, Nick. Hey, what's going on? Not much. How are you? Good. I'm ready to go. Yeah, no, I'm really thankful for you to come for coming onto the podcast today. Um, I'd love for you to just in- introduce yourself. Uh, today, we're just going to talk to Nick about, you know, his journey at, with uh, nutrition, which, with nature, with farming and all over. And I, I'm really excited. So just a little bit over a background of how I found uh, how I got introduced to Nick. Uh, I recently interviewed uh, Rob Lawless of Rob 10K Friends, and I saw his profile on Instagram and I shot him a, I shot Nick a DM and here we are. So that just goes to show everyone that if you just take initiative, anything can really happen. So Nick, I'll hand it over to you. Awesome. I, I appreciate that, Daniel. And, and, you know, excited to, to be here today uh, virtually. I know this is our, our main form of communication these days and uh, I'm very grateful to, to connect yeah. with you in this way. So hey everyone, uh, my name is, yep. Sorry, you cut out right there. What did you say? You were talking about um, just, you know, us doing it virtually. Yeah, I, I said uh, I'm very grateful that we're able to connect in this way. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Cool. So, hey everyone, my name is Nick Katsampas, also known as Farmer Nick NYC on Instagram, which is a little misleading since I just moved to sunny Los Angeles about a month ago. Uh, but I am an urban farmer and plant coach, which is probably a more more unique job title these days, but um, it's my mission to uh, give people the knowledge and confidence they need to create their own green spaces in the pursuit of regenerative environmental action. So plants are, in my opinion, a stepping stone towards sustainability. And just by caring about that small plant on your desk, I'm convinced I can get to care about the big plants all around us. Amazing. Yeah, then I, I definitely resonate with that. And I think that's kind of what drew, drew me to your profile and drew me to bring you onto this onto this podcast. Um, so I think the first question to, to start out with is, how did you get into this? Was this something that you were doing your entire life? Or, you know, what, how did you get into it? And when did you get into it? It's a good question. Um, it's definitely not something I was into my entire life. I very much um, kind of stumbled upon it uh, after graduating from Tufts University back in 2014, I was set to live a very conventional corporate life. I was going to go work in New York City, work for IBM, um, and, you know, be able to, you know, settle down and move to the suburbs, you know, five years later, have a white ticket fence and two and a half kids, right? Like that was very much in line for me. Um, but before my job started, my my mom had suggested, she goes, hey, you know, why don't you do something around the house while you have a couple months in the summer and, you know, do something to contribute considering you're here rent free. And I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And she said, well, you're a personal trainer, you're a former athlete, you love food, you love nutrition. Why don't you start a garden and just grow your own fruits and vegetables? And I thought that was a, you know, decent idea. And I went out in the backyard, cleared some land and, uh, and by land, I mean like a five by eight foot plot, right? <laughs> it's not like I'm working on acres here. Um, but the moment I put in that first tomato plant and actually reaped and experienced the fruits of my labor, literally for the first time, um, it, I was just obsessed. That, that was it for me. And each year, the garden grew more and more robust, trying different heirloom tomatoes, sweet potatoes, eggplant, sunflowers. You name it, I was growing it. And 
it wasn't until I actually moved into New York in the city of Manhattan um, about three, four years later that I kind of went into this depression, depression of, you know, not having the green around me. Right. I, I was just in shock. So I did the only thing that made sense, which was buy a lot of houseplants. So uh, I very much found a need for having green around me, both emotionally, mentally, and physically. And I haven't looked back since. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I definitely resonate with that. I know one thing that I really love is nature and just seeing it all. I mean, I'm standing right now looking outside just at the different trees and the grass and the foliage and, you know, the changing, you know, the changing. I don't know if you guys, you guys have in Los Angeles, right? I, I don't, I haven't really been to California. You guys have the changing leaves, right? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing what you guess you'd call fall right now in LA and I don't see many deciduous trees which will lose their leaves or have any color. So that is a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So we're in the peak of that in our area. I live in uh, North Jersey. So I, I live right next in the city. So we definitely have seen the same trees uh, one, one or a few times, you know? Um, so, so one thing that I, I resonate with is that whenever I travel and I've, I've traveled around the world, Europe, Africa, the Middle oh, East, wow. is, is I try to really, you know, get myself into nature. Um, you know, I, two years ago, my mom is actually South African. Uh, so we went on a, I've been there several times and we went on a safari about two years ago. Uh, it was probably the best, one of the best experiences, if not the best experiences in my Dude, life. Dude, that's amazing. It's yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure you're also an animal lover and it's just, it, it, there's just like, it's just, it changes your perspective on life. It really does. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, it's beautiful to see not only how nature kind of works together in, in mysterious ways, but like how human beings have done, in my opinion, so much destruction because we've kind of gone against nature. And one of the biggest things that I feel um, has gone against nature is our production of trash. You know, in nature, when you see the safari, there is no such thing as trash. Everything is used. Um, and, and I think it's something beautiful that I think we need to put more into our into our lives and into our society. And I think one step is to go into composting, go into planting trees and such. Um, mm. So what are some of daily activities that you do uh, to, 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 you know, kind of get in touch with nature and, and, and make a positive impact? I know personally, I try to compost as much as possible. Nice. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of flowers and herbs in our backyard, but I want to learn about what you do. So, you know, my, my, our, my listeners can listen to, to, can maybe get some advice and maybe I can get some advice. Totally. Totally. I, so it's a couple different things. Number one, the composting is big, right? You know, saving my food scraps here in LA, I use a service called compostable LA where they'll literally come and pick it up, um, which is kind of cool. So I'll store it in my freezer and then when they are ready to come pick it up, I got a little bin, hand it off. It's great. Um, I, I am thinking about adding a, a composting system on the roof too, but I don't know if my roommates are going to be thrilled about that. Uh, we'll see if I win that battle. But aside from composting, I, I literally like feeling the dirt, right? I like getting my hands through the dirt, planting things as much as I can and doing so not just outside, but inside as well. And I think that's where you know, I think so many people draw a clear boundary and they say, oh, I can't have too many plants. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And I take a very opposite of approach, right? And, you know, at times it can get a little messy. And, you know, I'd say I always joke that my part-time job is just cleaning up soil um, because it gets everywhere. But 
I love finding unique ways to grow inside the home, right? It's not just about putting one plant in a corner and calling it a day. I'm talking about like identifying microclimates, different areas in your home, which can support different plants, growing food indoors, utilizing artificial light. Uh, I just bought these really cool grow lights, which are really lightweight and they have an adhesive so I can actually grow. Uh, I, I plan to grow wheatgrass in my bathroom underneath my sink, right? The sink's got a cabinet that's square, rectangle, and I can put these lights underneath there and actually have green in my bathroom in a place I wouldn't have green before. So I'm all about finding ways to bring nature inside and blur that boundary between the the built environment and the outside environment. So as much green as I can get, I'm all for it. Awesome. Awesome. So what are some things, because like, for example, I'm sitting at my, you know, my makeshift office, you know, due to coronavirus, I, I've, I've been stuck at home. I, I, a little background about me. I, I actually graduated very recently. I graduated in May. Um, oh, congrats. So I'm, I'm, yeah, thank you. So I'm living at home, um, but uh, I've, you know, made my own office. So what are some things, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, you know, it do has some sort of office, right? Whether it be an actual office space mm. or their house, what are some things that people can put on their desk um, or in their room, for example? Yeah. So, so one thing I'll, I'll first address the office question. You got to get away from succulents, man. Oh my gosh. Everyone thinks that succulents are the answer. They cram them into these tiny little planters. They oftentimes will, you know, take multiple plants and put them in one because it looks nice. But after a couple of days, you know, your succulents are competing with each other. And, you know, a lot of people actually have um, a bad first experience with succulents for that reason. And I think because succulents are so often a gift for, you know, new employees at an office or something like that, people are kind of left with a bad taste in their mouth. And um, there's a lot of other plants which are just as easy, if not easier to handle. Um, one of the plants that I love the most would be a, a pothos or a, a philodendron brazil these are both trailing varieties um, that uh, are very expressive when it comes to their needs right so you look at a, a cacti or anything in the succulent family for the most part it looks the same it's a slow grower it's not going to have a lot of leaf movement so it's hard to diagnose when something is wrong and see what the plant might need um, but the pothos and philodendron uh, in this example are, are quite expressive and will move around a lot and droop um, when they need something. So finding a plant that has good communication skills, especially in the office environment where you're running around, distracted, lots going on, is a, is a great thing to have there because it's a quick reminder like, oh, I got to water today. And then you water it once a week, can handle low and bright light conditions, really solid plant. Um, for the bedroom, it's you can get a little more creative, right? I, I'm a big fan of um, creating kind of like a, like a backsplash of plants behind my bed. Um, nothing that's going to be necessarily above my head because I'd worry about like soil or leaves or potentially pests falling on me or something like that. But um, creating a line of snake plants along the back, give it a really cool green backdrop, having um, like a bird of paradise, that big lush green leaves on the left and right, something to provide a nice frame. And to be honest, like I, I don't have a lot of art in my home because I, I use the plants to create that kind of feel for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I'll definitely take that into account. And I, and I hope my, my listeners do as well. Um, so, you know, you said that you got into it through that, you know, through your mom saying, Hey, like, you know, create a garden. What, what kind of things did you do to kind of educate yourself on the field? 
uh, of of nature and mm. of you know planting and stuff like that because i assume you know what did you study in, in university <laughs> it was not plants i i was into psychology and entrepreneurship and obviously i use a lot of entrepreneurial skills um in my new plantrepreneurship yeah. life but for me now it, education is is very informal right it's being able to you know find the the reputable blogs and the role models in the community who've done it before uh, I was taking classes before the pandemic uh, at the New York Botanical Garden, which is one of the most prestigious and well-known gardens um, in the world. I was studying sustainable landscape design there. Um, and now uh, in LA, uh, I'm looking actually for some more opportunities there, but there's tons of great books, tons of great research, but I, I will caution people that if they are trying to get into this for, for the first time or just to take care of their plants, Google can be a very dangerous place. You're going to get lots of conflicting information. Everyone's got an opinion. So really try and find those role models who you can trust. Feel free to DM me any questions you have because I'm happy to answer them. I, I love helping people sort of keep their green going in their homes. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it can be very intimidating and overwhelming for a first timer. Yeah, no, I definitely will take you up on that offer. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, as I said, I've tried to do composting and it was pretty successful. But I, I had some mishaps as well. I, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've had this yet, but like if you add too much of one thing, then it starts smelling and like you don't know what to do and it's it, it's and then I have to throw it away and then the whole garden was smelling. It was just it was ridiculous. So I, I I'm next season, you know, now it's getting a little cold, so it's a little more difficult. But once it gets warmer again, I, I'm gonna have to redo whatever I was doing. because mm. um, it, it it was messed up a little bit. Um so so yeah, no, I'll definitely take you up on that offer so now so do you want to add anything more on the planting side so because i want what i want to do with the podcast was split it into into sections which is you know planting and and, and overall nature your involvement with nature and then moved into nutrition and then move into entrepreneurship mm. um so do you want to add anything add anything to the first section um uh, just about planting in particular yeah just in general like you know yeah um, I, I'd say the, the biggest thing that I want people to take away when they're bringing in plants for the first time is viewing your home as an ecosystem. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you need to assess every aspect of your own life, your physical space, the people around you. Do you have pets? Do you have kids? All these factors play a huge role in your plant care for one reason or another. Um, so, you know, if I were to go about assessing my space, I'm going to look at factors like exposure, you know, which direction do those windows face? South being the best exposure, east and west being next best, north being the most indirect. I'm then going to look at factors like heat and temperature. You know, if I'm in an area that has lots of seasons and the seasons change, so the heaters turn on and create dry heat. And if the plants are too close to the window in the cold, it can be damaging because of those drafts coming in. So there's lots of physical things you want to look for, but then it's also like, What's my schedule look like? Can I handle a plant that is a little bit more high maintenance and requires some daily check-ins? Or do I need something like a snake plant, which I can set it and forget it and water once a month? Um, so being honest with your self-assessment is huge, as well as understanding the physical space around you and some of those other factors, because at the end of the day, this is nature, not furniture. And we need to treat it as such because those plants, they need us, right? They're, they're not a child or a dog that's going to make a sound or bark or cry when they need something, they're just going to silently die. So we need to be very proactive about our approach to plants and then be patient with the process. 
Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely feel that. And yeah, thanks for adding that. So I want to get into nutrition a little bit. So again, this may be a little bit of an assumption, but are you a vegetarian or? I'm a vegan. Okay. You are a vegan. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do not, I, I don't believe in veganism, but I'm, I, I want to hear from you what, because I'm guessing you weren't a vegan your whole life. I was not. So no. I want to understand. So first of all, I want to explain why I don't believe in veganism i guess is veganism the right term yeah yeah so it's it's so i feel that you know based on the studies that i've read that animal protein is a little bit more it is, is more productive and healthy for you than vegetarian like you know vegetable protein now i'm willing to be proven wrong so i want to i want to kind of learn about what made you move to veganism and why do you think you know it's a better option i mean i under there's obviously the 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 sustainability reason and so on. So I, I just want to hear from your perspective. Yeah, um, it's a it's a good question. It's something I, I handle, uh, you know, pretty pretty frequently and get a lot of people asking questions about it. Um, for me, the reasons I went vegan uh, about two years ago now um, were not actually health reasons. It, number one was the environment, uh, and number two was just uh, ethics, right, um, regarding animal animal treatment. So. I, uh, health, health was never the number one for me. Um, that said, uh, I've, I've come across that very statement about, you know, animal proteins not being as complete as, as plant-based proteins. And that was actually something, it was a, a widely held belief, um, that traces back to actually a book. And I think it was like in the seventies, um, diet for a small planet by Francis Moore LaPay, who talked about how, you know, it's, uh, you know, not possible to really get the full protein from a, uh, from a, from a plant-based diet. Um, so I think that for me, it was something that if I saw a decrease in my performance, um, I, I would make a change, but honestly, I haven't, like I was an athlete, right? I lift, I care about, you know, how I, how I look, how I perform, the muscle that I can build, and I haven't noticed the change, right? And if I can still perform at a high level and still, from an aesthetic standpoint, just look the, the same and not feel different, in fact, I feel better and have less inflammation than I used to, um, that's a win for me. Uh, I don't know if you were able to check out the Game Changers uh, documentary on Netflix, but it chronicles um, some of the most elite athletes, both from a cardio perspective and a strength building perspective, and how switching to vegan actually, or a plant-based diet rather, um, actually enhanced their performance and some of the effects there. So, I mean, you can read any study. Uh, there's going to be some studies that show the complete opposite, right? But um, I, for me, it was never about health. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you make a really good point. And I think, you know, I'm willing to change and I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to add my follow-up question would be, you know, how do you get that protein? So for example, I'm really into fitness and I love lifting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really into that. And, you know, my main, my main protein sources, I try to stay away from meats. I try to stay away from red meat. I mean, mm, like beef yeah. and stuff like that. I try to focus on Turkey and, and, uh, fish, a lot of leaner meat chicken. Yeah, exactly. Um, and get my fats from, you know, almonds, avocados, hummus, 
Um, That's great. Flax seeds, chai seeds. So my question is, and, and I've used vegan protein powder. I've, I've actually had, I've, I, I have some digestive issues. So I've since um, moved away from all protein powder, mm. both whey and vegan. But I was just wondering, you know, how do you get your protein? And I'm wondering, are you into fitness? Like you said, you were an athlete. So how, how do you go about it? Yeah, uh, I so I'm very, very into my fitness, um, have been for a long time, was a personal trainer practicing for about seven, eight years. Um, and for me, my protein sources come in the form of beans, lentils, uh, lots of peanut butter. I eat like a jar of peanut butter a week. Um, I, I love chickpeas. Chickpeas are a great thing. Um, and then I'm also, uh, you know, I, I do some of the meat substitutes, although I'm not a huge fan of that since they are oftentimes in plastic and are more processed. Um, but I feel like I get enough protein. And I think that a lot of people, and that there's a misconception that, you know, we, we need so much protein. And, you know, I actually, it's actually funny. I actually wrote a thesis on this my senior year of college about sort of the, the protein myth and how, um, you know, the average human should get 0.8 grams per kilogram of protein per day. Um, and for if you're like training, like seriously as an athlete or lifting, it's double that. It's 1.2 to 1.6. Um, and how even so, we still get so much extra protein that we don't need. And, you know, I personally, I've, I've never taken a protein shake <laughs> and never had one, never will. Um, and it's my belief that if I have a balanced enough diet, I will be able to get everything I want more. And I would challenge anyone to a fitness competition at any time. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been fun for me to, to try and, you know, see how my friends are doing. And you know, yes, I, I've, I have lost some weight because I, my goal was to be a little bit leaner. I was 175 in college and was just like a big meatball. Um, but now I am uh, closer to 160 and and still putting up close to the same numbers I was putting up before. Yeah, no, I mean I think I think that's a great point, and I mean I've had I have taken steps towards towards it, and you know I used to have more eggs in the morning mm. and more protein powder, like whey protein powder in the morning, and I've cut that out. I've just been doing oats today. I did chia, chia seeds and uh, some uh, what's it called some some berries. Very nice, you know. Yeah, and the, the the main things that I find, and you know, is is what many other people I think feel, is that sometimes it's it's hard to make. I I don't know, like, I, and we could have obviously our own conversation about this on outside, like recipes, you know, to, that 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 fit for everyone. So, like for example, like I'm at home, and my parents aren't vegan, mm. so like I don't know. Sometimes like how do I explain? Like oh yeah, you know, I, you know, like hey, like I want to vegan you know yeah it's just an easier convenience to just you know eat what they have or just have chicken that's such a great point Dan. and i think the family dynamics and lifestyle there plays a huge role you know on the other day on my story on instagram i uh asked my following i was like hey you know what what are the what are the reasons why you might not be more plant-based what's what's stopping you and i had one woman message me saying hey listen like i would love to be vegan but my whole family isn't. And if I'm spending extra time cooking a vegan meal, I'm not going to be able to sit down with them at the dinner table and have that family time that I care about. And like, I get that, right? Like that's real. And it's not just about, you know, the, the knowledge or how expensive some organic products might be. Although I, I challenge that depending on, on where you are in the, the world and what access you have. Um, but I think it's also about time wealth. 
right? It's something we don't think enough about, like the time needed to, to A, get over the learning curve, right? And B, actually produce these things. Because when I'm meal prepping and I'm cutting up, you know, three butternut squash, that takes a long time. Um, so it's, yeah. uh, I'm fortunate with my schedule. I have, you know, able to control a lot of things. And I hope that more people, when they're working from home now, if they're on a call where they don't need to participate and can just, you know, be on mute and chop up their vegetables and try some new things. I'm seeing a lot more people getting into it now because of the pandemic. Yeah. And the funny thing with me is that I eat a lot of vegetables. Like I eat my, like my family and my girlfriend laugh at me. Like they, they say like, why are you eating a whole red pepper? Like why, why are you sitting there and eating a whole cucumber? Dude, that's great. You know, I just you're like you're like, plant-based. Yeah, See, that's it's, the it's thing. Delicious. You're, you're plant-based. And I think people think that plant-based has to be this thing where you have no meat. But you are the majority of your meals are plants, probably. So that's great. Yes, yes, and I think, yeah, and I think one step I think I've made in the right direction. And I, again, you can say if this is not in the right direction, but you know, I've tried to eat fish at least three to four, like three to four meals of fish. Oh, dude, week. I miss fish, man. Um, I miss salmon so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is your opinion? So I understand, like I've seen the videos, obviously, of you know cows and and, and chickens and. You know, it, once I live together and, you know, make a good amount of money, I, I hope to obviously, you know, buy more sustainable meat if I'm still mm-hmm. eating meat um, in, in the sense of, you know, let, more humane. You know, unfortunately, we live in a society where if, if they're more humane, it's more expensive, I, which I don't sometimes get because, you know, you know, they, it's kind of just abusing what you have, like what you're doing. Um, I think it should be more affordable. Mm. Um but but what 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 is the issue with fish? You know what what is and, and I don't know if you, you're next you, you know about this, but what why can't you be you know not eat beef and chicken let's say but eat fish only? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's something I'm not as familiar with as the the impact on the the land animals per se. Um, but I still think that with fish, um, overfishing our oceans is a problem. Um, so, so I know there's farm grade fish, but now people contest that because of the treatment of the animals and, and how they actually, it, it can affect their taste, right? You know, a happy animal tends to taste better in, in a lot of cases. Um, but, but yeah. for me, the, the fish was more so just in line with more of the, the animal standpoint where I feel like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to take any lives if I, if I can avoid it. Um, so, you know, for, if I, if I one day have space where I can, you know, have chickens and I can take the eggs from the chickens and I know that the chickens are, are raised in a really good way and I'm not killing those chickens for meat, I'll happily incorporate eggs again. I would love that. That'd be great. Um, but there, there's really no yeah. way around it when it comes to the seafood, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see what you mean. And I mean, my uncle who was a ranger in, in this, in a South African, in the Kruger wow. park uh, for about, for about 10 years, he, he went vegan. Um, and, and partially due to, you know, obviously he, he lived with animals or he says, you know, I, I need to respect them more. Um, my big, my big hope is that we, like, I guess, you know, beyond meat and uh, impossible burger are all great, but I've read some stuff that it's not so great. You know, there's still some sustainable issues, sustainability issues, and there's still some health issues with it. Like, it's not great. I think the future um is is yes oh i'm glad you brought that up that's such a cool topic yeah i mean i i don't know how much how much you know about it if you want to add anything about it but it's 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 very yeah no it's it's something that 
and, and for those that don't know, right, this is this idea of taking stem cells and actually growing tissue culture. So basically growing uh, the muscles and the meat that you would normally eat. You're just doing it in a lab. You're not actually needing to raise, feed, and kill an animal. Um, I think that's an incredible future, and I think it's a future that I would fully support. Um, if that is the case, I will probably go back to eating some meat, right? Uh, I'm not opposed to that. Um, I think that I, I still will have probably a, you know, 95% plant-based diet because there are, in my opinion, lots of health benefits from it. Um, but knowing that I could have, you know, a filet of salmon or, you know, a steak that didn't require environmental tax or an animal tax, right? I, I think that's huge. Um, it's funny, I actually just had a buddy of mine bring over some ice cream from a company, I think it's called Brave Robot, where it is dairy ice cream that is, was made in a lab. Um, there, was, there was no animals that were used to actually produce the milk used for that dairy. So it was pretty, pretty wild and it tasted no different. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is with that, also, you can, you can alter the, the food product um, to, to take, to get rid of the negative, you know, effects of certain meats and, and certain, you know, animal products. So I think it's, it's definitely promising. I, I honestly think in the next 20 years, it will be mm. a reality. Um, you know, but the, the biggest thing that I see, and you know, when I'm looking even on in videos and, and, and reading articles is that the people who, you know, not Americans, people who do not make, you know, at least a hundred dollars a day, you know, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars a day, um, who, who live on less than $5 a day, you know, when are they going to get, um, this kind of stuff? And, you know, obviously I live in a very privileged area. And I think that's one thing that I've, as I've grown up, I've realized more and more from my travels as well is that, you know, we talk in America, like, Oh, it's so easy to do that and here do this and that. But a lot of people around the world don't have the same opportunities as we have. Yeah, definitely here. not. So I was, yes, I was curious, like, do you, do you travel at all? And I mean, listen, I mean, India, places like India, and, I'm, and I don't know about China, but I know India, obviously a lot of vegetarians. Um, have you traveled at all? Like, have you seen other cultures and how they deal with um, nutrition and nature? Yeah, I, I used to travel quite a bit. Um, in fact, when you had mentioned your safari experience, I'd actually done a, a safari in Kenya, um, which was amazing again life-changing um but the access there is so different and I, when i was there i was not a vegan that was uh, about three four years ago now um but if i was it would have been very very difficult right there was not a ton of options there and the easiest thing for some of these people was to raise their own animals and then eventually eat those animals and i think that that's a, a better approach to it um but you know it's humbling when you're going to see some of these places and realizing how little people have to make ends meet. Um, and it really you know, makes you grateful for not only all that you have, but all, all of the freedom that you have in your, your diet, right? Um, I can yeah. open my fridge and have access to anything. And, you know, it kind of bothers me when people complain about being so hungry because we don't know what hungry is. Like, <laughs> we, we, we don't. Yeah. Um, totally and, you know, I think that you look at um, some of these countries where there are also social unrest and lots of problems. And like, you know, you ever think that maybe these people are, are hangry? Like they literally can't eat yeah. and they're upset and they can't feed their kids. And, 
you know, no wonder they're trying to, you know, fight for their own rights and better treatment and, and better access. So um, I think it's so many problems in our country can, and our world can go back to food. And I think even here domestically, right, yes. you know, having food programs that help kids have nutritious breakfast in the morning when they go into school is huge. And that's something that's missing right now because kids are at home. And especially in New York City, a lot of those kids would rely on breakfast and lunch as two of the three meals a day from school. And if those kids aren't getting that food now, you know, it, it's going to be very challenging for them to stay focused on food classes, behave properly. Like th there's so many downstream effects of just this idea of food insecurity and also food apartheid. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, one thing, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer in capitalism and I'm, a, I'm myself an entrepreneur. Um, but I think that, you know, the abuse of big, you know, food companies like McDonald's and Kellogg's, you know, to people who are obviously less fortunate than, than you know, the 1% or even 10% of Americans is, is very sad because it's just a continuous thing. You know, if you go to, I, I don't know, I know about LA, obviously there's different areas who, who that are poorer than others or, you know, the, there's a higher unemployment rate. You know, these areas are filled with McDonald's and filled with Wendy's and it's obviously there's a reason because it's cheap but it's not good for the people. It's not, it doesn't help. It, it doesn't, it doesn't help their, help their well being. And I think, you know, and I mean, obviously and, and something to say as well is that, you know, we're going in the right direction. I think we definitely are better than 20 years ago, you know, even, even, you know, even 10 years ago, we are learning more and more every day. And I think, you know, even the big companies are making changes, but I think more and more changes mm. need to be made. Uh, to allow anyone, regardless of how much money they make or where they live, to have access to the right food and the health and the and the and health. Yeah, it's, it's a, unpacking the food issues is. Uh, I mean, it's it's a slippery slope, right? There, there's so much to tackle. Um, there, there's so much government intervention um, that makes it really challenging. Um, but in my opinion, the more that we can support local farmers who are providing sustainable nutritious food at a price that we can all afford i think that's the, the the gold standard but we are far from it right now well yeah i mean i think we we are far from it but i think the steps that you take as as an instagrammer and as and as overall you know instagram or influencer on in the in this industry um you know is, is very important because it's all about education as you said teaching at a young age or, and teaching even at you know my age when i'm 22 about how you can make little choices to not only make you healthier, but also help the, the world and, and help nature mm. specifically. Um, so I want to kind of go into entrepreneurship because that I believe mo a lot of issues, not all of them, but a lot of issues can be solved through entrepreneurship, through innovation, through making new businesses to, to and, and not only focusing on how much money you're going to make, but what, what's your impact. Um, so before before we start on the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship section, sorry, um, sometimes I just rumble my word, words. Um, but I am actually the CEO of a mm. company called WeGoal. So we are an, a, so a, a goal sharing social media platform whose mission is to provide the right resources and right community for anyone to achieve any goal. And our main focus and our and our main focus is to also create a positive, supportive, and productive environment. So. Obviously, we're, we would like to make money and we'd like to, you know, be profitable in the long run um, and, you know, be a big company. But we also have a huge, huge um, focus on each individual user. 
So what I want to learn about is you studied entrepreneurship. You are clearly an entrepreneur with Instagram. I see that you work with different companies. How did you make your passion your um, livelihood? Because I'm, I'm guessing this is... This yeah, is this, this is it. Right? So, so how did you get that? So I think a lot of people... What, you know, I've spoken to another person named, yeah. you, know, you know, Rob 10K friends, right? So I talked to him and he's like, you know, who doesn't want to meet? Well, Dan, I may have lost you there. Sorry, sorry. Back. Sorry. How can I do that by calling me? But did, did you understand? Yeah. Um, so, so I think the biggest thing for me when it came to starting this business was I wasn't going to leave my job until I could prove the efficacy and a more prototyped version. So what I mean by that is I, I was working a full-time job. I was working for a very well-known startup in New York, you know, quote unquote, living the dream. Right. And I just wasn't happy. So instead of just picking up my my desk and leaving and quitting i said okay you know what am i going to do here that can allow me the most uh flexibility in terms of trying something new i know i love plants um so why don't i try start doing some of this plant work before and after work uh on the weekends for friends for family and really prototyping what that experience would be working with some of these people and then from there I started getting to a rhythm. I started refining my process. I understood what it meant to take a client out plant shopping and every question that they would have because I had done it before. And from there, I started building up a client base in New York just by fielding questions from Instagram. And as the Instagram grew, more and more clients came in. And I think using Instagram as a business tool is so important. And, you know, I am able to reach such a larger audience and inspire people um, with, with different plant ideas that I didn't have to actually reach out to anyone and ask them if they wanted plant consulting. Like 95% of my leads came through Instagram organically. So having the social media approach while prototyping this business while having a full-time job was very challenging. So basically working three different jobs um, but it reached a critical mass where I had about 60 clients in New York. And I was like, you know what? I, I can make this work. I, I can yeah. do this. And I had a couple of unique opportunities that uh, actually shot a show for Netflix um, last, last summer. Um, and, you know, the media opportunities from there and some of the branded partnerships that you get with the increase in following and whatnot have been really helpful in supplementing that. So now I'm really more focused on content and creating uh, a relatable relationship with plants that, that really anyone can, can take on themselves. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great what you're doing. And I think I, I keep on hearing very similar things from people who are in, 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 this, in similar shoes or similar situations to you. Um, and that is just, you know, have a safety net, but explore your passion and put time into your passion. And that, that's what I'm doing, for example, with my, um, my company in this podcast, I, I, I recently signed on for a full-time job. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a startup as well. It's, it's actually five minutes from my house. So um, even better. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. So 
hopefully that will go well. But yeah, I mean, listen, there's 24 hours in the day. And I think that if, you know, if anyone has a passion out there, you can put in one to two hours a day and still see results. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's really possible, especially if you enjoy it. Like, for example, you know, I, I love this podcast. I, you know, I'm learning so much from you and I love impacting a lot of other, other people who listen to this. And, you know, it's, I don't need to make money immediately. And, you know, I don't need to make money at all. I just, I think the main focus is do what makes you happy. And I think we hear, I think I hear that from you, this, what you do makes you happy. And I think that's the most important thing above all. Um, so another question I have is, so how, how did you grow your Instagram? So, I, you know, sometimes it's just luck, but sometimes there's a strategy to it. Did, was it luck for you or did you have stra- a strategy? I mean, I think it's a combination of luck and strategy, to be honest. It's, it's one of those things where I, I knew that it was going to take time. Um, but, you know, being in the right place at the right time was critical for me. And, you know, I reached out to a few of the bigger plant accounts, right? Um, the Sill being one of them. Uh, they were a great plant shop here. Um, in LA and also in New York um, that have a big following and wanted to work with them. And, and to be honest, you know, and this is, sounds kind of funny, but in the, in the plant world, I'm kind of a minority. Like there's not many cisgender white people. So it was uh, from a perspective and to see some of these shops want to work with me um, want to feature my my uh, plant knowledge and plant photography and whatnot. So the features definitely helped in that regard. And then from there, align yourself to actual businesses. Uh, there are opportunities for us. And, and when people came to the field and said, hey, do you have anyone in your network we can talk to? You know, they felt confident that they could have me, you know, talk to the reporter from the New York Post. And then handle a client that came in and wanted plant consulting for them, right? So aligning yourself with those. Sorry, Nick, you're cutting. Are you in a good area? How's that? Yeah. Yeah, Is that better? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. I I start pacing when I talk about these things. (laughs) It's okay. So, yeah. So you want me to restart? No, you uh, you left off at, you know, consulting for different companies and kind of just growing through, you know, articles and such. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from working with those different companies and getting some of the press, uh, that really set me on a good pace. And then from there, it, it just kind of snowballed. That was where the right place at the right time came in because so many people in New York were focused on plants. I was one of the... Um, you know, more early adopters of the plant Instagram accounts. They were obviously some before, um, but, you know, it got really big and plants are still big. Uh, to learn something, to laugh a little bit, to pick up some inspiration. Um, it's been, it's been fun to kind of see it grow. And uh, obviously now, you know, you're, you're battling the algorithm and, Changes and this and that you have to be aware of, but me, my goal is content that I wouldn't go out of my way to make anyway, and I'm just staying true and authentic to the voice I want to have. I'll be able to effectively straddle that line between the hardcore botany horticulture people and the person who's never owned a plant before, um, and I want to be that 
translator and intermediary between those two groups. And I think you're doing a great job at that. And it's, I'm sure it's very rewarding work. And I think you, you make a really great point. You know, I, I also try to only look at, um, you know, my, not, you know, I try to look at my life. I, I don't really try to look at other people's lives and compare it. I try to focus on what I'm doing and really, you know, see how can I improve what I'm doing, not for, for myself and for, for my, you know, my, my colleagues and my business and my speakers and, and so on. Not necessarily, oh, what is the person across the street doing? Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, it's just in, in our society, we're com- constantly comparing each other, um, constantly comparing yourself to other people. And, and it's, it's sometimes very, you know, very, very uh, depressing, to be honest with you. Like, for example, for my podcast, I just hit 210 listens. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not a lot. Obviously, that's not a lot, but I've been doing it for two months, and it's obviously a big stride for me. Um, so I think that's that's what I take from what you said, and I, and I totally agree with you. Um, and one thing that I've tried to be try, trying to be try to try to uh, be, I'm, I'm trying to do more often. Sorry, um, is that I'm trying to also talk to the people who I speak to on my podcast about any other interesting people they may have they they may know who could come on the podcast. So kind of just networking constantly and networking constantly. Totally. Um, so is there any future plans for you? Like, do you want to start your, another business? You know, do you see any opportunities in the market? Like what is your, and, and it's okay. I, I personally don't have a five-year plan. I think, you know, you need to live in the now. I believe in the power of now. I don't know if you read that book, um, but I mm-hmm. highly suggest it, um, you know, focusing on each day and, and giving it your all. Do you have a future plan or are you just taking it day by day? Uh, I am. a five-year plan but um my biggest thing right now is working on a, a few projects in the process of writing a, a children's book about um which i would need to then pitch out to some publishers and whatnot but something i've always wanted to do um and then also a, an e-course uh, for kids focused on plants that is fun and different you know gets them thinking about their relationship with the earth early and often um, and then the other thing I'm working on now uh, is uh, some more uh, longer form, I guess you'd call it. Uh, I'm not uh, totally allowed to talk about what it is, but just know that next year you'll be able to, to watch uh, something about plants in a very different way. So um, it's, uh, it's been fun to really shift over to content because as much as it's been fun to do some of these client installations, which I still do, don't get me wrong. Um, but helping one person who's got a $30 million penthouse and who doesn't, you know, maybe share the same environmental values or, or whatnot, um, it's not as re- rewarding as reaching someone who has never had a plant for the first time and says, hey, you gave me the knowledge and confidence to do this myself. Thank you. Um, that's what it's all about. And once, once you get them there, who knows what they're going to do next? Like, are they going to shop at the farmer's market? Are they going to go? plastic free? Are they going to start growing their own food? There's so many next steps and plants are very much that gateway drug (laughs) to some of those other behaviors. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with that um, philosophy. That's what I try to do. Weagle um, is, you know, I try to focus on how many people can I impact by changing, like, you know, impact helping them to achieve their goals. Because if you help someone, you know, change, if you change your life in some way, that person is going to go impact someone else and that person is going to go impact someone else. So 
I believe that the, the key is to just keep on giving, keep on giving. Um, mm. I, I read a really interesting book very um, uh, recent, recently. Uh, it's the, the, the statement. One of the statements I said was wealth is not how much you have. It's how much you can give. Mm. That's a very big statement. Dude, if you're looking, to... sorry, I was going to say, if you're looking for a book recommendation, I would highly recommend Give and Take by Adam Grant, who talks about those ideas, right? This idea that givers, matchers, and takers are kind of the three types of people in the world. And that if you can be a giver and advocate for yourself and build these relationships, then you are going to end up being the most successful version of yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've definitely been practicing that and I definitely will read that. Um, and it's been working out very well, you know, having a positive mindset and trying to put more positivity in the world day by day. And I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's, you can even do small things like, you know, obviously you have a much bigger following than me, but I think anyone listening to this um, can just, you know, send a nice message, message to someone and say like, Hey, like, you know, you're amazing. And you, this quality is really stands out to me. Or if you're, you know, you're good at fitness or you're good at writing, maybe just extend your um, skills to someone else and just try to help them learn about it and enrich them in some way and ask if they can enrich you as well. And I think that's what mm. you've done for me. I think as a young as a young guy, you know, just looking to learn as much as possible, you know, you've definitely helped me with that in this in this topic. Um, well, I, I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, of course. So. You know, what, so now that we're towards the end, during the last ten minutes of our hour-long podcast, um, I'd love to, you know, have you talk on anything you'd like, um, and then I'll ask you one last question. Um, I honestly, I think we we covered a lot. Good question asking here. Um, I, I guess the uh, one, one cool thing that kind of is bridging this sort of tech entrepreneurship and. Uh, you know, healthy food, plants, take care of the environment, all these worlds. I've been working with a company called CropSwap, which is a basically a digital farmer's market. Uh, Sorry, you broke up a little bit. It's, it's an app called CropSwap. It's a digital farmer's market. Uh, farmers directly to consumers for the first time. And it, you basically go on the app, you can find any local farmer that's in your area that's having like a box of food. And these are different themed boxes. They could be produce boxes, mushroom boxes, vegan baked good boxes, whatever it might be. Um, but it's, uh, it's a really cool app that is allowing people to eat really local, healthy food and support their farmers without, you know, worrying about whether the food was picked two weeks ago and, you know, is the farmer really benefiting from this? Um, it, it's a it's a fantastic way to sort of still promoting the earth because we only work with regenerative farmers. Yeah, no, that that's a really great great app, and I'll definitely look at it. What what is it called again? Sorry, Nick, you I, I, we can't hear you. Picking up a lot here. Are you, I, I'm breaking up. Sorry. Let me just, can you hear me now? Yeah. Much better. Sorry about that. So, so we heard, we heard and, and what you said, but just what was the, what was the app called one, one more time? Crop swap. Crop swap. Okay. I will definitely look at that, look that up and I'll definitely potentially use it. Um, you know, it, that sounds like a great, a great app. Um, I, I think it can have a great impact.
Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I just want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, I usually end with if, you know, if you have any questions for me, um, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions. I, I try to make the podcast about, you know, the, the speaker as much as possible. But obviously, you know, we don't know each other fully. So if you have any questions I, for me, I, I'm happy I got, to ask. But... I got two questions for you. Uh, number one sure. is how many plants do you yeah, so that's a good question. So I do not have any plants inside, um, but I will tell you this, that I will reach out to you after this podcast and ask for some recommendations <laughs> to purchase some plants. Good. However, I do have a lot of plants in my backyard. Um, so, and I have a pretty big backyard. We're very fortunate for that. So, you know, that's one thing I have. Excellent. My, my next question is, is... Uh um what what plant-based meal are you are you going to cook and be inspired to do after this so funny enough so my mom told me earlier today that like hey i'm coming home late from work and she she's the cook in the house right like I leave, gotcha. she doesn't let me cook she doesn't <laughs> let me cook and she said and she says let's order out and i just sent her a message while we were excuse me for this but i sent your message while we were doing the podcast um saying hey i don't want to order out i'm just gonna have some beans and some salad so you've convinced me to have a vegan meal uh, dude here, here's the thing though i i love that i love that you you're inspired to do the vegan thing but really try and make something like try some refried beans try doing some tacos or something like that right like make a meal so it doesn't feel like yeah. you're just eating different vegetable ingredients make a meal together. And I'll tell you, here are my three, my three favorite uh, vegan chefs. Uh, one is Rainbow Plant Life. These are both all on Instagram, so you can check them out there. Rainbow Plant Life, she's amazing. Really cool dishes and also a lot of instant pot friendly dishes. Um, number two would be Minimalist Baker. She's amazing, has a huge recipe library and really clear recipe instructions. And then three would be Max Lamana. He's a buddy of mine. Uh, from back when he lived in New York, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, he has some amazing ingredients that are very, are amazing recipes that are focused on food waste. Um, so using banana peels and dishes and kind of wacky things. Um, so maybe wow. maybe start with uh, Minimalist Baker or or Rainbow Plant Life, but Max has some cool cool stuff going on too. Yeah, no, I try to push the push the boundaries a little bit in my house and see how far I can get. Um, and until my parents say, like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> Get out of the kitchen, you know, Daniel. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, I hope, luckily I'll hopefully move out, you know, in the near future. So I'll have more opportunities. But I think that's a, that's a great idea. You know, I, I think tonight I'll probably do something with beans. I don't know what. Is, are, is there any, like, favorite spices that you use that, you know, like, work mm. really well, like chickpeas? I, or I'm a big fan of paprika. I use a lot of cumin. Uh, turmeric, which is a really healthy spice. A lot of people uh, view turmeric as like a superfood. Um, those are some yeah. of my favorites. And then I, I like spice. So I'll, I'll oftentimes throw in like maybe a couple uh, jalapenos or habanero peppers, something along those lines. Uh, but here, let me open up my spice, my spice drawer here. Um, I'm, I mean, obviously thyme, basil, those are staples for me. And also nutritional yeast is something I use quite often. Um, it's a good vegan uh, substitute um, that gives things like a cheesy texture and it's packed full of nutrients. So um, definitely something to consider there. 
Yeah, I actually saw that on Amazon yesterday. I was like, what is this? So it's 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 it tastes like yeah, it, it's like looks like fish flakes, which is not the most exciting looking thing, but um, from a from a health perspective, one tea, uh, one tablespoon uh, has five grams of protein um, and just the, the B vitamins there. What we the B vitamins B twelve is the one that most vegans are low in because you can't get it um, from without animal products. But B twelve is four hundred seventy percent of your of your daily value. So this one cook with it almost every single day. Oh wow! So maybe I'll make mac and cheese. Dude, with that. yes, smart. and and I think Rainbow Plant Life's got a cool mac and cheese recipe with like pumpkins or something like that. I don't know. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll definitely try it because my parents are going away for two nights next weekend. So I'll definitely go to the supermarket, with my girlfriend, and I'll and I'll buy some stuff to try. This Dude, out you're gonna well. take over the kitchen in no time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I really appreciate it again you coming on. Let's stay in touch. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. my Yeah, favorite. man. But uh, thanks so much for coming. And just if you want to give a shout out to your Instagram and anything else so people can, I'll put it in the, in the description, but if you want to just say any like plugs, you can. I, yeah. I, I mean, if you, if you have any plant questions or if anyone wants to reach out, it's just farmer Nick NYC uh, on Instagram, same thing for the website. And yeah, thank you so much, Daniel. Keep, keep grinding, keep working hard and let me know where you end up with the plants and the food. Of course, of course. Hopefully one day I'll have my own office space and you'll come with help with the nutrition. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. And I'll, I'll speak to you All right, soon. dude. I'll see ya.